I literally fell out of my chair under the desk. I got under my desk and was starting to cry. Hey everybody, welcome to Love the Nilsons. I'm Thomas. My name is Alyssa. And we're here to share our story. Discuss relationships. Talk about raising our kids. Be advocates for mental health. Share our faith. And whatever else life may throw our way. Let's do this. Woo! Hey everybody, welcome back for another week of Love the Nelsons. We are excited to be back. We just spent a week together in Arizona, away from our boys, which... First time ever leaving both of them. Yeah, I'm like, our oldest is almost five, and the most we've spent is like a night away. So that was a big deal for us, but it was so good. It was great. Shout out to my mom for coming and my aunt, and my mom yeah. and aunt for... Literal heroes. <laughs> yeah. One of our boys got pretty dang sick and there was lots of throw up and diarrhea involved, but... So bad. You know what? They were champions. They were champions. And we had a really, really good week. And after was... a rough start, feeling, wondering if we should have even been there still, oh, we overcame that and it was good. Yeah. Which was a great week to go. It was the coldest week that we can remember here in utah oh and we gosh, snuck away frigid. and it was pretty cold in arizona too like 60s yeah i mean we like had to <laughs> i had to wear a light jacket a couple times <laughs> yeah it was so good but it was it's actually kind of nice uh thinking about it because last week on our podcast we um left off um oh yeah this, this is a great segment. yeah we left off um right before we moved to arizona and we just spent the week in Arizona close by to where we lived. And so it was actually a lot of good just reflection on what happened there. And it was nice to go back and enjoy it fully too, um, be healthy and like truly be able to be there happy and enjoy it as well. So yeah, it was great. It was really great. And in case you forgot or didn't listen to last episode, we were kind of sharing my journey, uh, our journey, yeah. but that kind of revolves around my mental health. Obviously, Alyssa's mental health is is in there too. But um, and we had talked about my um, diagnosis with OCD and anxiety that stems from OCD, um, and now we're moving to Arizona. And like we we mentioned or hinted at the end there. We thought we were getting a fresh start, which we were. We are getting a fresh start, new job, somewhere nice and warm with some of our best friends that live there. We thought we were set and we'd be in Arizona for years to really come. Really good job. Really good job. Close-ish to like our families and yes. But life has a funny way of <laughs> just, we, we feel like it's a God with a sense of humor just reminding us like you're not in charge of what's going on here yeah so we moved there in june of 2020 yeah end of may beginning so of june. already for everybody 2020 we were all kind of operating on like a a certain heightened level of anxiety i feel like everybody just didn't know what the next day held i mean it was just constantly changing we because didn't know. because of this thing called covid if, yeah, in case you, if you forgot. haven't heard about that um so it already was just kind of a weird year we had mentioned i was pregnant with our second um little boy 
Um, and so there was just like a lot of unknowns. Um, but like we mentioned, we were really hopeful. We were really excited. Thomas was excited to be done with school and start this new job and everything. We felt super fortunate, like that this job worked out and brought us here. Yeah. But there was just, uh, there was just this generalized level of uncertainty for everybody. I mean, we all were experiencing that. And so that was kind of what, you know was the beginning of our struggles and we've mentioned with thomas's ocd um it often his brain can latch on to things that he values and so we mentioned um, after our first was born it was really hard because you really struggled becoming a dad and feeling just like perfectionism was, as a dad and yeah feeling like i was good enough for this perfect little boy and overanalyzing every tiny little mistake I was making, feeling like I was just wasting this kid's life, essentially, like I wasn't good enough for him. And so basically what happened in Arizona was you started this new job, which this was your first job out of school, really. So First real, quote, adult job, you could say. So that comes with its own pressures as well. Which I was fine with. Like, I don't think in the moment i felt pressure necessarily but it was like the first time it was like all right i'm bringing home the bacon i'm (laughs) i'm the i'm like the husband providing for this family which i had been doing for which Alyssa had done for the entirety of our marriage pretty much up till that point she's working as a dental hygienist and so that was my first time being like the primary breadwinner and Looking back, it definitely added to the pressure, but it wasn't like anybody was, you know, exacting this performance out of me to provide for my family. Alyssa wasn't looking at our bank account every day, (laughs) making sure my checks came through. Like, there wasn't that level of scrutiny. But just, I mean, just a new thing for you. Yeah. And so that was happening. And new is always hard for OCD. Yes. And it was not the most interesting job to you <laughs> is it that was, correct it was i mean it was a job in finance and um that's what i did my undergrad in my master's degree was in like an mba um but with an emphasis on sports business so ideally i would have been in some kind of sports management role of some kind but i fell back on something that was safe especially and in 2020, especially in 2020 yeah. it was very fortunate that we were very, this very job grateful. worked out, and so took a job that wasn't necessarily overly glamorous, but it was somewhere that provided good benefits. Yeah. It was a very reasonable salary for my first job out of school, and yeah, but like Alyssa said, it wasn't all that exciting, yeah. and it quickly became very monotonous and boring, as jobs can be sometimes, mm-hmm. but it was like with an extra level here, like... It was, looking back, I feel like we're going to say that a lot because in the moment we didn't necessarily pay as much attention as we ought to have. So yes. we might be using the <laughs> phrase looking back a lot this episode, but it was it was a perfect storm. It was a perfect storm of me first time providing for family in a job that um, I never met any of my coworkers in person. You're it was remote all the remote time. the whole yeah. time. And for whatever reason, we didn't like use cameras at this company, really. So it was just people's voices, nobody's faces ever trying to learn a job, trying to get trained up on this finance job that was pretty intricate at times. And it revolved around 
um, closing the books, if you're familiar with that phrase, at the end of the month, just running some analysis on our budget, like our particular team's budget. Um, and if you are still awake, you'll know. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh, I'm dozing, <laughs> What's off, dozing over here? off over here. But no, it <laughs> was it was an important job, but it was not one that I would go to my kids' elementary school <laughs> on career day, and everybody would be super excited about. So that was going on. Also in 2020, um, before we moved to Arizona, we found out that our baby that I was currently pregnant with um, was going to be born with club feet. Um, If you have absolutely no idea what that is, you're not alone. We did not know what that meant at the time. Um, But so we were also just kind of um, dealing with the uncertainty of that. Um, Do you want to explain real quick what Club Feet is? Yeah, I mean, that can be a whole other podcast in and of itself, basically. But um, it's just where his feet didn't uh, quite grow right. And his Achilles tendons were really very too short. And so his feet were turned in. And so we had to do a series of casting and things like that but just just prepping for that was just another another layer added on to kind of all of these little things that started happening just more more unknown yeah that were just adding to the layers of your declining mental health that we just didn't realize there was just a lot of things so i mean you'd been at your job for a few months and then i um went to labor i had our baby on september 11th 2020 what a day and an hour and a half after getting to the hospital yeah, it was real real speedy that um, was almost exactly three months after i started my job yeah so he had been at his job for just a few months i mean really <clears throat> not enough time to really have a huge grasp on everything just I mean, kind of barely starting to scratch the surface on yeah how so to do things. it was just it was a little crazy when do you feel like after he was born you remember like really starting to not feel well i don't i don't know like so he was born on a friday i took the whole next week of work off while we got situated with him before i officially began my paternity leave um, I don't know that I can like pinpoint an exact mm-hmm. time. It's like kind of like this one just slipped. Like it, just... it was just like a combo of all the stuff like we already mentioned. Plus, I wasn't on top of like my mental health like I ought to have been. Yeah, like anybody that knows anything about mental health, and if you don't, you're gonna learn right now. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just like exercise. Like you have to constantly be on top of. Your mindfulness exercises, like your breathing exercises, meditation, actual (laughs) exercise, physical exercise, just being on top of all these things leads to a a well-rounded mindset and just being healthy mentally. And And you just weren't. I just wasn't. It just, it didn't take priority and... And you it seem was, to be okay-ish. I was so fine. It's like I was fine. And any, okay. anybody that I talked to about my job, like, expressing my concerns, like, I don't feel like I was being trained very well. I don't know much about it. Like, anybody that I talked to just said, oh, this is your first job. Like, you're realizing that it takes a while to get up to speed to get ramped up in a role. So yeah. that's what you're experiencing. That's why everybody wrote it off Everyone as... Everyone kept telling you. Which is... Yeah. Pretty normal, but like yeah. it, I like looking back, <laughs> no, I know now that it was more than that. Obviously, yeah. it was much different than just normal trying to learn a job. Yeah. So, unfortunately, at the time, um, about two weeks postpartum for me, 
I started to feel unwell. Um, I had some thyroid issues after our first, but was never like really properly diagnosed. I didn't really know what the heck was going on. But about two weeks after he was born, I started feeling some of those similar symptoms I had had previously. What were those? I mean, the very first symptom I noticed is a racing heart or too low of heart or low blood pressure. And so that was the very first thing I noticed. And um, again, I went undiagnosed for several months and my thyroid was attacking itself. Come to find out I have Hashimoto's disease, which is an autoimmune thyroid disease. Um, Lucky for me, it was triggered after having our first baby. Um, So Thomas is kind of starting to just not be great And I was also not great. Um, I feel like I could talk about my Hashimoto's and the whole diagnosis thing. That's like a whole other story within itself. But basically what you need to know for just this year of declining mental health for both of us is as part of my Hashimoto's and this thyroid problem after our son was born was my mental health also started to struggle. I had the most intense brain fog. I It's so hard to even explain. If you've had brain fog, you get it. If you don't, it's just so hard. Like it was literally hard for me to think and to even like to sit down and like write a grocery list for the week. I couldn't even process or like handle like okay we need bananas and just thinking to write that down and to go to the store and get bananas it was so hard which sounds crazy but like my brain just wasn't working properly and we're exhausted from this new baby and we have a two and a half year old and all the things and so it just was a lot happening at once um but I would say you say you can't pinpoint but I remember leading up to Thanksgiving We were getting ready to head to California to go to your parents' house for Thanksgiving. Well, back it up a little bit, too, because it's important to know that I took that week off after he was born. And then you had paternity. I went back for a week or two for, like, the busy week of the month. Mm -hmm. To kind of close out things. To kind of close things, make sure all my responsibilities were going to be taken care of. And then I went on paternity Mm -hmm. for five weeks and then was getting ready to come back or I had come back now at this point and was working and then this picks up where Alyssa was. Yeah so you had come back so you that was really nice you got to take um that time off but then leading up to you going back to work you were very anxious oh I was to start work again. Yeah I already knew that I did not like it like I was but it was more than just not liking like the anxiety was which is kind of like what you thought though you just thought like oh like you don't like your job like tough tough it out i didn't think that (laughs) and and that's normal like because if you you don't have if you don't have (laughs) mental health um struggles like that would be a time that you could perhaps like push on through persevere but it was definitely like more of like this pit in my stomach like i would the second i went on that five weeks of paternity i literally was aware of the day i was going back and i had like a countdown in my head of knowing like what day i was going back and just dreading that going back to work day yeah so getting ready for thanksgiving you you hadn't been back to work for what a week at that point or something like that or september october yeah a little a couple weeks so anyway so we went to your parents house and you you worked 
our whole time that we were there for Thanksgiving. Like I got actual Thanksgiving any time off and day after Thanksgiving off. And I, Thomas had basically told me he was like ready to quit. And I was like, excuse me, <laughs> we have a tiny new baby. Um, this is a great job. They are paying you well. Our benefits are great. Insurance like, was fantastic. All the things about it should have been good. And I just was like, are you kidding me? So I literally, I went to your parents and mostly your dad. And I said, your son wants to quit his job. And Go in there and tell him to get his crap And together. I'm <laughs> freaking out. And I need you to go talk to him. Because, you went and actually talked to him? Yes. Because I was I was just like, what is happening? Like, he was just a couple months old. I already wasn't feeling well. Like, my mental health and my physical health was deteriorating. And I didn't know what was wrong with me. And I was like, you got to go tell him to suck it up. Like, this, like, you got to tell your son to be a man. <laughs> and I didn't get it. And so, I mean, your dad did <laughs> pretty he much, went, right? He, he came and, <laughs> like, tried to help me in my work. Like, because my dad's, like, similar background, like, accounting, finance He literally background. took a half a day off. He took work, a half a day, day off of work was, to then come in and. Hours and hours with you. Try to figure stuff out that he was, I mean, obviously coming in, like, blind and trying to help somebody yeah. is a little difficult, but, like, just none of it was making sense. Like Alyssa talked about her brain fog. I wouldn't classify what I was experiencing as brain fog. It was more just like this. It was the first time that I could sense depression mm-hmm. creeping into my life, and well, the way second time because you had it with Vic after. Yeah, our yeah, first that's one. true. That's true. Yeah, that's and that was like a quick little spell with it. But this time I could feel it again, mm-hmm. and it was this time it was like I don't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. Like I know that i need to do this job i have these things that i need to do but i don't want to do it and it just kept coming across as like i don't like my job and i was like okay i'm sorry but like that's life this is like, like sometimes you don't like sometimes job. you don't like a job this is your first job out of school it's 2020 like you got to figure this out because we need you to do this job and this and, is, mind you, while the night before Thanksgiving, I'm up till 3 a.m. trying to do stuff. like with, Trying to just deadlines. And just hitting just deadlines. It was infamous close week of the week of Thanksgiving, of course. So there's lots going on. And it's me. I just always felt so helpless at close week and the job in general. Just I didn't know the terminology within the company still. Like, this company just had so many different acronyms for things and different departments. It was a huge, like, Fortune 500 company. Like, I mean, it was just so much to grasp. And I just felt like a literal lost puppy dog every time Close Week could come around. And even right now, like, if I close my eyes and think of, like, those feelings that I felt in Close Week, it makes me, like, initially I just want to curl into a ball like I'm clenching my fists like it was just the most awful feeling with everybody feeling it felt like everybody was depending on me to get stuff done like I was kind of <laughs> like the bridge between lots of different departments and tasks and stuff like so many people counting on me but I had no idea what I was doing like I knew ish what I was doing yeah. but oh man I was like oh it was awful and this is with poor communication with manager to not having video face to face like it oh it was horrific so 
your dad had helped you. And I feel like your dad felt like if I can help you feel more confident, you'll be okay. Yeah. If I knew what I was doing in the job, let me just say, like, if I knew what I was doing, like, that would be great. But I'm the kind of person, like, I take pride in what I'm doing. And that's, like, another thing of why this is so hard is, like, I'm doing this and putting stuff together. It felt like I was building, like, a plane and just using duct tape. (laughs) Not even duct tape. Like, freaking scotch tape just to, like, (laughs) tape everything together and ship the product on, like... That's what I felt like, and I hated that feeling. Like, I hated knowing, like, that what I was doing was not... It wasn't even a... I mean, okay, it was a perfection thing, but it was also, like, I like to do a good job, but I know I'm not doing a good job. But I don't know how to do a better job. And it was just this conundrum of, like, awfulness. Yeah. So, I mean, we finished that week in California, and kind of... We just kind of got sent on our way, and your parents were like, okay, good luck. Like, you got this. Don't quit your job. Go home. Thoughts and prayers. You got it. Like, whatever. So we went home, and it just kept... You just weren't happy at all. Like that was whole, miserable. No. That whole next month, he just wasn't happy. Again, I was unwell. Um, we were dealing with our little baby's club feet and <clears throat> various surgeries. And Around then is when he had cast, his first surgery. Yeah, to, his casting yeah. and new thing, new boots. He got boots on his feet and a two-and-a-half-year-old who was acting out because his little brother in these casts cried all the time. And we were probably more impatient than Yeah, and just lack of sleep. And Thomas just was not enjoying his job. I was stressed every day he was going to quit his job. It was just not a good time. So Christmas time comes around now, and we head to my parents' house. And again, Thomas is working while we are there. He brought everything with me. Um, he is stressed. It's close week is coming up. It was um, close week. He's just not enjoying himself. And um, I was, I think, downstairs with the boys or something like that. And I remember distinctly, like, Thomas coming down to me and tapping me on the shoulder and just with these, like, deer in the headlight eyes and looks at me and is just like calmly like can you come here for a second do you remember that i asked you to come here for a second yeah so he well, was do you want like me to tell my side of the story hold, is? yeah in a second okay so he's just like can you come here for a second and i could tell something was wrong i, I thought gra- i grabbed you from the family room i thought to pull he just, you aside yeah just for me and you. i thought he just quit or got fired or something like i <laughs> like i had no idea but his eye his eyes were like your eyes are like crazy and so we went into a bedroom, just the two of us, and you just started completely hyperventilating and mm-hmm. having a complete and utter panic attack. Yeah, it was, oh, I have the chills right now. Like, this is an experience that will define my life. Well, I'm not going to let it define my life, but it definitely defines, like, some trajectory course mm-hmm. <laughs> adjustments because, like Alyssa mentioned, it was close week again it was like day two of close week and just we had different things deadlines on each day of close week things that had to get done and it was i was getting behind and i didn't know how to do things and working with my boss and another guy my team and was supposed to be presenting a preliminary presentation of things and i wasn't aware of calendar and so i presented this thing that wasn't a good product so my manager kind of was like dude like that was supposed to be a little bit more polished like we need to have a little bit more 
solid like numbers here. And you got a little. I got a little reprimanded, mm-hmm. and again, like I didn't know how to like express myself. Like, like, hey, you know what? Yeah, I didn't know that it was due because just miscommunications across the board. And then another guy on my team that was helping me was like, dude, like, why didn't you ask for help? And I I just, that's kind of like when he said that, I was like literally already on the verge of tears. And luckily there's no video. Like I said, (laughs) it was just audio. And so, oh, (laughs) it was, he was just saying like, why didn't you ask for help? And I just felt like this inner, (laughs) it was anger, it was sadness, like, a silent plea for help. Like I've been dying for help since I started, but didn't know how to ask for it. And and even when you did ask, they would. And even really when I asked, you. like the person that helped train me, like whose job I was taking, like would always just say, like, "Oh, we already covered this. Like you should remember." And I was like, "Okay." Like I didn't. I I feared looking like an idiot, and mm-hmm. I didn't. And again, first job out of school, I there was faults on my part too. Like I'm not gonna say it was entirely this company's fault because it wasn't. Like it was me too, not communicating properly. But anyway, just when I told him that, he said, "I could have helped you, man." And I'm like, "Dude, I know." Like I I just didn't know what to say. I was just like I I remember I was stuttering, just kind of like saying like yeah, yeah like uh yeah I'll. I and I was already feeling anxious because the thing that my boss had asked me to go and polish up, I didn't know how to do. So I was just gonna wing it or figure it out on the fly. But like I already knew, like I could feel my heart beginning to race faster, and I knew that I, I don't know. I felt like I was gonna explode. I felt just this feeling of panic. That's there's no other word to describe. It. So I got off the phone with him. And that's when I was like, I had a couple hours to get done what I needed to do. But I was like, there's no way. I don't even know how to start. I don't know who to reach out to. And that's when I went downstairs to Alyssa and pulled her aside. I was just holding myself together, keeping my emotions in check until I could just get you alone. Mm-hmm. And in there, I I think I fell onto the ground. And I think I even told you like... I try. I tried my best to get the words out, and I think mm-hmm. I said, "I think I'm having a panic attack." Yeah. Yeah. So he was in there, and we've never experienced this before. I mean, how long had we been married at this point? Five years. Five years, and we've known each other for no six years. Sorry, six years. We've known each other for almost <clears throat> our whole lives. Like I, we've never experienced this before. No. And I'm, and he's literally hyperventilating. Like you were barely breathing. I was barely breathing. I was getting lightheaded. Like I could not, for the life of me, take a deep breath. And I just was like, it was so scary. I don't know what to do right now. Like, holy crap, are you okay? Like, what is happening? Like, it was terrifying, Com- completely and utterly terrifying. The way that you were, I, I just, I had no idea what to do. I think somebody brought me like a cool so, rag. I well, got I grabbed, literally like a brown paper lunch bag. Well, that I, I grabbed my in. parents because we were at my parents' house, and I was like, you need to come help me. Like, Thomas is not breathing, basically. And so, yeah, we did do the brown paper bag. Like, my family came in. And we got you – we eventually got you breathing okay Somewhat that time. Again, yeah. And you in this, like, foggy brain state, you're like, I got to go work. I'm like, All right, what? <laughs> like, I can't – I had a deadline. Like, I was so, so stressed that I couldn't even, like, realize seemed, that I needed to take care of myself. Yeah, so he was just like, I got to go. So he, like – he you gathered yourself. You went back upstairs 
And I think I offered you, a, a word of prayer. You just tried to go begging work. God to help me. Yeah, you tried to go work, and then it just happened again. I think I literally remember. Again, this is all kind of fuzzy, just because I was not like my brain was not getting enough oxygen. But I hopped back on the computer to try to do whatever it was what I'm doing, which I don't even remember what it was <laughs> at this point. Some deadline to hit doesn't matter. And I just remember feeling again, like that feeling of complete despair of like, I don't know. I don't know how to do this. And I just felt like the best way I can describe it is like the feeling of like walls closing in. Like I just felt like every single wall in that room was closing in on me. I wanted to hide and just like curl in a ball and let the walls squish me because I, I remember... I literally fell out of my chair under the desk. I got yeah. under my desk and was starting to cry and yeah. breathe short so breaths. So did, again. you did it again. So we went but up But this there. time was much worse. You heard me and came upstairs. And it was, yeah, it was pretty significant. So my parents were up there. Um, I called your parents and I just was like. They tried to talk to me on the phone. Yeah, they told like, me to breathe. You need to It'll breathe. Be okay. And we told Thomas, like, we were honestly very close to like. We will take you to the emergency room because you are not breathing. Um, I didn't think it was so that bad at the time, but looking back, I was need very to, short. You breath. need to breathe or you will be going to the hospital. But I um, couldn't. I was literally just like gasping for air. My heart, my whole chest just felt like so tight and like yeah. I couldn't think rationally. Like I was just like seeing seeing stars like i couldn't see straight i had tears i wasn't breathing i was crying it was like the hardest i've ever cried in my life and this is vulnerable like this is vulnerable to share but like i know without a doubt that by sharing this somebody will benefit like there i have zero feeling of shame in sharing this because i know how real it was Mm -hmm. just as if i was having a heart attack or if i had fallen and broken my femur Mm -hmm. it was just as real as one of those things we were that close to taking you to the emergency room really it was like i remember you were talking to my parents like and your mom was i was laying on the floor and your mom was like i think like kneeling over me just like holding like my face and like she was telling me thomas you need to breathe and i was just listing off a ton of things that i just felt like i was failing at i think i just let everything out like all your inadequacies i can't do this job i can't provide for my family i'm sorry i'm letting your daughter down i'm a failure of a Mm son-in-law like i was just letting all this out in between whatever air i was (laughs) getting and at by this point like it was cleared like I wasn't going to be able to meet the dead, the stupid deadlines that yeah. literally meant nothing at this point. Yeah. So Alyssa actually. I I mean, I had to get in touch with his boss. I was basically like, Thomas is very unwell. Um, he will not be working the rest of the day. Super uncomfortable conversation with him. I can't but... even begin to express my appreciation <laughs> for calling that because I couldn't talk to him. But that was the only thing that calm me down in the moment was you calling was and like, telling hey, him like you're done working today um but it was also in this moment where i didn't tell thomas this for i don't know a few days later or something but it was like amongst all of this complete 
and utter chaos and seeing your husband just shrivel up and and terrifying it was so scary to watch you go through this i literally had the thought cross over my mind we need to share this story and i was so mad at my brain because i was like oh my gosh like i'm gonna exploit my husband he's having this like panic attack and all my brain can think is like we should share this and so which is funny like, that she shared that to me. she didn't share that i didn't tell she, you she didn't tell me in the no moment, way in between gas hey babe can you breathe we should probably post this on instagram no it was, she didn't tell me until days later after i had officially calmed down okay, but then it didn't were, take days but like you were not well no i wasn't this. well at all but like i told her like hey during all this like i just had this feeling like the impression that we should probably start to share the story of mental health and (laughs) and she was like sigh of relief (laughs) okay so i'm not the only one that thought that she was like okay confession i had the same thought during all this like in the heat of the moment and so that's what's brought us to right now like this is why we're doing this and we both just felt really strongly it was the scariest experience with mental health that i think either of us have ever experienced and maybe somebody listening has experienced something similar or worse you know but even it's as scary as like you will have it be in your own like life you know Mm -hmm. like i don't know if that makes sense but like you don't have to have a panic attack for it to be seriously scary and you know, all consuming for you. Like you have your own experiences, but this was, this was ours that triggered us to like really examine our own mental health and get back on track with that and begin sharing our story. Yeah. But then what happened after this is I feel like this panic attack was the tipping point to push you into depression. Absolutely. So unfortunately like this happened and it was like these super heightened emotions, all this stuff. He was crying and sobbing and not breathing and saying all these things that were so hard. And then you just crashed. Well, I got, so (laughs) I was told to take time off for the next day or two. It was New Year's Eve and like we had New Year's Eve. No, we didn't have New Year's Eve off, but we had New Year's Day off. And I think there was a weekend. So like, it worked out that I like took one day of official work off and then had a weekend. So I had time to like get my head back on straight, like get some air to my brain. And then like Alyssa said, I went back to work. I, I recorded the conversation I think with my boss because I was scared of how it would go or maybe it wasn't this conversation. I don't know, but I remember having like a one-on-one with him the day or the day after I got back and just talking to him about this and feeling like I was opening up a lot about a panic attack and mental health and how important it was to me. And and this isn't meant to say that he was a bad person by any means, but he just probably didn't know how to address it because it was just like, oh, well, yeah, like, we don't want you to die here at work. <laughs> like, we Super don't awkward. like, we're not, we don't want you to die at your desk. Like, and anyway, like, this is kind of the stuff that you miss while you're out. And, like, these are the things that we're going to need. Like, we just hopped right back into work. And it wasn't like a – I didn't get, like – I didn't need to be coddled by any means. But, like, I don't think it was – a. there was any awareness of how no. serious it was. Yeah. yeah. 
So yeah, that's just, that's where like the depression kind of yeah. Kicked so in it too. just kicked you into this depression, and we went back home. So we went back home to Arizona after the holidays and everything. And I went back to work. And Thomas was working, but then he was just depressed I every was day. Tired. You all just the time. could barely. You could barely drag yourself to your desk and to bed, basically. And like, here we still have a tiny baby. I'm not well <laughs> again. Like it just was not a good time at all. And so my mental health continued to decline because your mental health was so bad and mine already wasn't good because of my thyroid and I didn't know that's what was wrong. And so the two of us were just not well at all. And it became this terrible cloud. time. There was just this cloud over our house and I got to the point where like, I I couldn't even like leave our house to go get groceries with our kids without being filled with this most intense anxiety because I had no idea what Thomas I was coming back to. Like I didn't know if he would be just at his work or at his desk working or if he would be in a full-blown panic attack again. Like we had never had this panic attack happen. So I didn't know, like, is this going to happen more? Like, am I going to come home and you're going to be curled on a ball, like, not breathing? Like, I just, like, I had no idea. So to ever even leave you alone at all was so terrible. But for me, I had to get out of the house. Like, I was, like, I was going crazy. And so there was times where it was, like, I would literally cry driving to the grocery store because I was, like, I have to go get food for my family And my husband is going to have to be okay for this hour that we're gone. And it was terrible. Like, what a terrible, like, way (laughs) to be living. And and side note here, too, I think it's kind of important to note, but during this same time, too, my little sister, she got married, and we flew out to Utah. We were with my family. Like, everybody knew about my, my panic attack, but... It was a happy time because she was getting married. We love the guy that she's getting married to. We still love you, Thomas, even mm-hmm. though you have the same name as me. It's another thing. Mm-hmm. But um, but even up until just like a few weeks ago, I was with my little sister. And she found out after the fact that we were in this fog, this haze, this depression. Like, she didn't know that day. Like, we put on a good show and we were happy she was we... also like getting married so I, well, no, no. but what, what i'm getting at what i'm getting at here is like you don't always know what's going on yeah. inside people's brains inside their families in their house like yeah. because on the outside like if unless you really knew us like we had some amazing neighbors mm-hmm. that were taking such good care of us during this time literally feeding us and taking so people care of like us. that knew what was going on but if you were just looking at us from an outsider's perspective you wouldn't know you, you wouldn't know what we're going through with our lives and so just just a simple reminder be kind to people like yeah. you don't know what they're going through you have no idea what they're experiencing and so Sorry, there's my side note. No, Just I love to, that. to be aware of people so and their true. needs, even if they seem like they're fine. Yeah, it's so true. And we were very much not fine. This was one of the worst years of our marriage. And, and, and through all this, to be honest, <clears throat> our marriage really started to struggle because we as individuals were not doing well. And so we could give no time to our marriage. Mm-mm. Like, we were literally surviving. Like, I was just in complete survival mode trying to care for our two boys and our and your third boy our newborn baby i couldn't even i feel like i couldn't even care for you like i remember going to therapy and i just was like all i can do every day is 
keep my two little boys alive and hope that you make it through the day without a panic attack. But I was like, I can't, I can't give more. Like I have no more to give emotionally, physically. I'm completely exhausted. Like I can't. And so because both of us were so unwell as individuals, our marriage was just happening like we were just and unfortunately it took a back seat because we were we just were, trying to survive as individuals yeah, and... we were just living as roommates surviving taking care of boys like our like robot parents like we were just like doing the minimum to like stay alive basically like it's like and when you hear was... that somebody's in a rut we're the definition of like robots in a rut yeah like it was just not good and all through this like thomas is still just like i need a new job and i'm like well is that gonna solve our problems like we just like it was so hard to just get out of this and it was it was a lot so we ended up moving in with my parents for a few months because i couldn't like i needed help to take care of our boys and you just like you couldn't you couldn't well backing up a little bit too it's important to note like I was still trying to work for that month of January, but in the middle of January, toward the end, I was like falling asleep at my desk because I was so mm-hmm. depressed. Like I literally, I took a picture one time of myself. Like I don't know why, because I was stupid, but I took a, <laughs> I took a picture of myself during a meeting, and I literally just like have my eyes halfway closed, and I was just. I was done. And lucky for me, like my depression does not lead to any kind of suicidal ideation or anything, which is a huge blessing. And if it does for you, anybody listening, please reach out and get help. Like you do not need to be suffering alone. Um, and you're better off here yeah. again. But lucky for me, it didn't lead to that. It just led to this extreme tiredness. But and- it was conversations we had. I mean, for me to turn to my husband and say, are you thinking of harming yourself? Like, and be legitimately unsure of what your thoughts were. That is not a fun conversation yeah. to have, but it was needed. I mean, and your oh, mom would yeah. ask you. My mom would ask your therapist, like our therapist, would ask. Like, yeah, so it it's was... important to note, like this time frame, like I was in this extreme depression and anxiety, and one of the benefits of work that ended up being a huge, major blessing as well as. I was offered short-term disability and mental health qualifies as a disability. And so I was able to take time off with full pay, which is an incredible blessing to then dedicate 100% of my time essentially to getting healthy. And I started meeting with, or at this time, like Alyssa mentioned, we moved moved to her parents' house temporarily. Temporarily, Like we were still paying rent at our place. (laughs) And I started meeting virtually with a therapist, our therapist Nancy twice a week at that point and just going through intensive (laughs) it was super intensive it had to be like Alyssa met with her like we hadn't met with her for a year or two at that point just because things had been going fine but side side note here meet with your therapist even if it's just like (laughs) once every few months just like check in check in go talk but Alyssa had met with her and had kind of told her a little bit about me and she was like Alyssa like he needs like intensive therapy like this is like a two a week thing minimum until he's like getting back to his full strength and she was the one who told me too like you need help like with your kids like you like you shouldn't be dealing with everything you're dealing with and your kids like is there anyone that you can go be with to like help you so we spent some time some time my parents and it was really just a lot of therapy a lot of 
walks outside, like just trying to figure it out. But it was just like the lift that we needed for those couple months to then be able to make it back to Arizona. So we went back to Arizona. Um, I think luckily like a few months after this or around this time is when I finally got a diagnosis for my own health. Which was huge. Which was so relieving because I just, I was not well (laughs) at all. And I just, I thought I was crazy because I was told that I was fine several months prior. So many times. And the first pregnancy too. Yeah, I just was told I was fine and I'm just a new mom and I was tired and it's all good to go. And you just have a husband who's depressed and so you just, you'll figure it out. But I got my diagnosis and that was like... It, that was a hard diagnosis, but it was very, like, relieving. Like, I'm not crazy. There's actually something wrong And you can in my start body. to take and steps can, to treat it. Yeah, and we can treat this and do medicine. So that was really helpful. Um, but Thomas kept um, wanting to quit. <laughs> and I just was like, I just can't. Like, you have no other job lined up. Like, I just, like, I understand how hard this job has been and... You know, as a wife, it's just like, okay, do I support you and we quit and we just figure this out? Or do we, like, I I just didn't know how to best support you. Like, am I supposed to be a supporter by saying, like, no, you need to work through this. Like, you need to figure out your mental health. And this is something you need to overcome. Because that's how I felt for a really long time. Like, if you were quitting, that then your depression was going to win. And I didn't like that. Mm -hmm. So it was like, that was me for a long time. I was like, no, your depression is not going to win. We are going to make it through this. You are going to crush it at this job. You are a capable man who is like, can do this job. And so that was my mindset for a while. Is like, like I realized it wasn't just a matter of sucking it up anymore. It was a lot more than that. But, um, I was, I was not on board for you to quit and you just wanted to constantly. Yeah. You were just not, you did not want to go back. Well, because it was the same thing that I was experiencing, like, I had with my stint on paternity leave. Like, I knew when my approved short-term disability leave was coming to an end, and I saw that date on the calendar. Every day when I woke up, I swear, like, my eyes opened, and I was like, I'm going back that day. That's, like, coming up so close, like, but I, like... I don't know at what point it was that we determined, like, you know what, this maybe does require, like, a change of scenery, a job change. therapy and a lot of prayer and a lot of discussions, a lot of pros and cons lists, a lot more prayer. (laughs) And that's how we came to the decision. Yeah, so I actually never went back to that job. Like, toward, I don't know if it was the day I was supposed to go back. I drafted an email, or it was probably, like, leading up to it, but I sent an email and essentially said that I was quitting, like, for my own mental health and well-being, which were totally valid reasons. Like, I wasn't going to let this job kill me. Like, no, it wasn't worth it. It was not worth it. It was so hard because I didn't have another job lined up. I had kind of, like, taken interviews during this time like kind of casually but then when we were like okay like if you're gonna quit like we got to go full-blown into this job hunt thing figure it out and so it was definitely a leap of faith but like a leap that made me feel a sense of relief knowing that like 
I wouldn't have to go back to that job that was causing yeah all of this. And and like Alyssa mentioned too, she worried that by me quitting, like that was like depression winning. And I had the similar thought, like I felt like, oh shoot, like is this gonna be like a pattern? Like when things get hard, mm-hmm. am I just gonna quit? Am I gonna That's have exactly a panic attack? Mm-hmm. So it was like much more. It was like a perspective much more beyond like that moment like that job like I was like holy cow like am I setting a precedent Mm -hmm. for how I'm gonna be in my life like my next job when it gets hard am I gonna freak out and say I'm done like I was terrified of that and we I mean we didn't know right like this was your first job so so um he left and thomas had a lot of relief i wouldn't say i felt it was a serious point of contention it was a serious i mean we can laugh about it now but it was a serious point of contention i did not feel relief um it was extremely stressful i wondered i mean all the things that thomas just talked about wondering is this a new pattern like i didn't i had no idea and i was it was not relieving but we were on the same page for the decision that was made but it thomas definitely felt a lot more relief than i did but we both we both decided that that's what was gonna be done it's not like you, i didn't it's not like you quit randomly but then we just started analyzing everything and we felt strongly over and over again that our time in arizona was over which was really sad it was sad it made no sense to us because like we just felt like we were led there we felt like we were led there things lined up perfectly but then it like was like a serious questioning of like what is like Like, god's plan for us like why why so we um started just kind of i don't like we really were just like well where do we go like i was looking i was looking at jobs in arizona still because i really wanted to stay in arizona we wanted we wanted to be there but it just we just kept feeling a pull to utah and um we know we, a lot of people here yeah i mean we went to school here we have a lot of friends you have the like, cousins and stuff but we're familiar with the companies here that i'd be applying for we and things like um that. we moved here on a huge leap of faith with no jobs <laughs> so we were able to find some incredible landlords who that let us rent their place without a job rent, <laughs> like we you know we told them our job history my ability to work as a dental hygienist here in utah and everything and they're incredible it was literally a miracle so we got this he great... instilled so much confidence in me he's like oh <laughs> capable, capable guy like yeah, you you'll get a job yeah, no time job. And i was like Thanks. so we moved in with no job and I started working pretty much immediately after we moved you here. We had to. We had to have you work. And, you know, here we are now a year and a half later and feel a lot of gratitude to be here. But the journey to get to where we are right here was long. This is just <laughs> scratching the surface of what we... So hard. And it's not like Thomas quit his job and we moved to Utah and started this new, like, life fresh start here and everything was great because that's not true. We it, still had bumps it was a road. rocky. It was a rocky beginning to our time here and it was, it was hard. Um, so <laughs> I'm like, now that we've gone through this year of hell, basically, I want to talk about just 
hindsight, I mean, Thomas keeps saying like, well, now looking back and things like that, like this like mental health breakdown um, snuck up on us. But as he's mentioned several times, like looking back, there were things that it's like, oh, shoot, like we should have paid attention to that or things like that. So um, we just want to end by talking a little bit about like what we learned that year and what we could have done differently and what you can be doing to hopefully avoid a complete mental breakdown (laughs) and having to move states and quit your job and, you know, just light things like that. Um, What's what's one thing that you learn like that you take away from that whole experience well for me it's just like the daily little things because that wasn't necessarily happening i would say for me something that's really important and beneficial to my own mental health is exercise whether that's going for a walk or doing some sort of actual weightlifting or exercise or something so just having like a routine for yourself and sticking to it and having it be manageable too like if you're in the midst of kids and a job or whatever like a goal of working out two hours every day at the gym might not be feasible but like a 30 minute walk or a 30 minute yoga session or whatever you can find to do to just move your body is has become extremely important to me Um, so I think just like consistency is something, and my guess is you would feel the same way. You kind of already mentioned that, but just, just consistency and, um, finding the things that bring you joy. I think you lost a lot of fulfillment that year. You didn't really have a lot of joy. I mean, you had me, you had our boys and that's joyful, but like finding personal joy, which is hard to do. Yeah, personal fulfillment and like hobbies, I yeah. guess, kind of to some yeah. extent. But looking back on your like decline, I mean, what have you learned the last couple years that you've changed that now put you in a good place? It's tough. Like I've learned a lot. Like it's, I think first and foremost, like communication and relying on other people is so important like I feel like for such a long time like I just was bearing this weight Mm -hmm. on my shoulders alone I did it wasn't I don't I wouldn't even say it was like a pride thing like I didn't want to like tell you like hey like I'm struggling because I did like Mm -hmm. I told you that but like I don't want to ever get to the point again where like all of a sudden just burst like I did Mm -hmm. like I was talking to you and telling you what I was experiencing, but like there was some times where I just wanted to like grab your shoulders and shake you and be like, I am dying here. Like, but I didn't know if I was being dramatic. Like, so I guess kind of what it comes down to is trust your feelings. That's what I would tell myself then and tell myself now, like trust what you're feeling and be aware of that feeling. Like don't write it off as just something, some small thing that you can, take a couple deep breaths and it'll be, it'll be done. Like use those deep breaths to help you, but like also get the help you need. If that's a therapy session, if that's some exercise, it's like talking to a friend, talking to a friend, just having connection is something that is important. So like, don't write yourself off is something that I think is super important. And another thing that I, I'm still learning, but like this, the importance of having relationships mm-hmm. with people that you actually care about, like 
we lived so close in Arizona to some of like our best friends. And I feel like we got robbed of our time there. Like Jacob and Kenzie are like our, some of our best friends. Like, and Jacob is a person that I love to death and I didn't rely on him like I should have. And you had a hard time expressing. I had a hard time expressing. It's not any knock on you, Jacob, if you're listening, like it was hundred percent on me. Like I just didn't know how to express, but like you gotta have somebody in your life that you feel and and quite frankly, I feel like it's gotta be somebody outside of your spouse, like your marriage. Like tell your spouse, tell your significant other what you're feeling. Have open lines of communication with them. Do not think for a second that I'm saying not to have that because that's first and foremost. But even then beyond that, like Mm -hmm. I think having at least one to two like super trusted confidants that you can talk to about your mental health, your current state, your job, like things that are important, like beyond superficial stuff, like sports and politics, like fun to talk about, whatever. But like have somebody that you can like actually talk to Mm -hmm. and that now is somebody that i for sure have in jacob like i feel like comfortable talking to him and i have a couple other friends too like that i feel like the same way i didn't have like friends at the time like i had friends but like i don't think i utilized those friendships like i ought to have so long-winded answer trust your gut and have meaningful relationships with people One thing I learned during that time too is because sometimes when all of this was going on, I didn't, I didn't even know what I was feeling because it was so many feelings. And so to even sit down with a friend and be able to really communicate what was going on was actually really hard for me because there was so much. But one thing I learned in therapy, and I give this tip to like all my friends when they start going through the thick of it. So I'll give it to all you guys is to write and to just sit down and start writing. And that was something that was really therapeutic for me because I could take all these jumbled mess thoughts out of my brain and put them down. And, and we're talking physical pen and paper, pen and, not, not pen on and your pa- phone. Pen and paper, nothing else. You sit and you write until those thoughts are done. And I don't even know, like most of those papers I probably threw away because nobody wants to read what was actually going through my head. But it was just like all my concerns, all my worries. And some of the stuff I didn't even realize was um, burdening me at the time. But once I was able to like write it down and put it down on paper, I'm like, oh my gosh, like my, I'm going through a lot right now. So that was also extremely helpful. And that's something I actually still do now is if I, if I start to feel myself getting overwhelmed with life, I write. Um, I just... I sit and I make the time write down all my feelings and I usually throw it away or burn the paper. Um, so that's something that has been extremely, extremely helpful um, to just write. And I'm not, I used to be really, really good at like consistent journal writing and I'm not necessarily, I don't necessarily do that anymore, but when I need it, I will write and I strongly recommend it to any of all of you to just sit and write. (laughs) So yeah, that's, kind of what i got i mean it was a lot there was a There's lot of a things. ton of things that we learned and an important thing to note too i feel like i mean life is hard like it's not to say like we came out of this and now we're great like it's not like a cure-all after going through that like we still have our challenges and struggles that we go through but like once we like 
looked back and like we're in a much better place now like able to talk about things and hopefully help other people like looking back now man our marriage now is so much stronger Mm -hmm. because of it like so true we We worked hard (laughs) worked so hard like Alyssa mentioned there was a time where like it felt like we were just roommates and we've been best friends for years so to feel that was devastating it was devastating and like we were not at all at all close to the point of like separating or anything like that not at all and that thought never even crossed our minds but like now like we've been in a groove for like a while and like talking about this and sharing with you it's just like a huge blessing like our marriage is strong strong as it's ever been and yeah it'll be tested still like as we welcome another baby coming like already we're like hey like we gotta make sure that we are mentally strong this time around stronger like be prepared for whatever is gonna come but man i love you yeah i love you we're not gonna get all cheesy here but just (laughs) know that we are we are strong grateful for what we've gone through and you know they say like trials and hard challenges make you stronger but in the midst of it you do not want to hear that (laughs) sometimes i just i don't want to hear that everything's going to be okay because in the midst of it it doesn't feel like that at all um but we came out on the other side i mean there's still so many details to to this year of the things that we struggled with we struggled spiritually pretty significantly um i had a lot of times where i didn't feel like god was with us during this trial and we couldn't feel god we couldn't feel any peace whatsoever and so it felt that was also really really hard and another feeling that we hadn't really pretty lonely yeah pretty lonely um to be going through such a hard time and not feel like god was there and luckily we found that and we realized like hindsight um we definitely had some help that wasn't our own during all that because we wouldn't have been able to make it through but but we did make it through we were on the other side um and yeah i mean like you said that's not our last that's not our last test, but um, hopefully the lowest will be for a long time because we've taken a lot and, and learned a lot from it. So we just hope that as you listen to this, and I mean, again, we felt really strongly that we need to share this story. And so we just, we hope as you listen and um, think about your own mental health that you can be impacted for the good and and just know that we're here you're not alone and eventually you can figure it out and it will be okay but it'll take work if you're in the thick of it i'm sorry um just find your your reason why every day like why are you why are you getting up out of bed like what's your why and and find find your reason and you can make it through at least the next day but thank you guys for listening. We are excited to keep sharing more. We clearly have a lot to talk about. And <laughs> if you've made it this far, we appreciate you you listening. We have and... a lot to talk about, and we're excited to keep sharing. But um, until next week, love the Nilsons. Mm-hmm.